We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm your host, Nick Fay. No Jack Emanuel today, but special guest, draft expert, my guy, Dylan Jackson. Dylan, how are we doing? I'm doing good. Uh, ready to dive into some Nets possible draft picks today. So I'm excited. I, I don't know any really thing about the draft other than the top guys, so I got Dylan on here. The OTG team has done excellent work in terms of draft stuff. Another podcast coming out very soon from them as well. Obviously, the content at otgbasketball.com. And then you know where to find the buzz, iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, otgbasketball.com, netsrepublic.com, Dash Radio, and YouTube. But let's get right into it, Dylan. First off, I think we need to kind of look at what the Nets need in terms of a draft need. And this is so much of it could change from free agency but in your eyes from the outside perspective what do you look at some draft needs for Brooklyn so you look at who's possibly coming in for Brooklyn or even who could possibly stay and that's either D'Angelo Russell or Kyrie Irving at the point guard position uh they've already got uh what's his name Tarian Prince at the small forward and he's likely going to start so what I'd recommend doing for Brooklyn is just surrounding Kyrie Irving or D'Angelo Russell or whoever they bring in uh, they've obviously got two max slots with three indie players. Um, so I think that, I mean, it's really just the new wave of the NBA, you know, Maury Ball, Houston Rockets, Golden State Warriors, just get those three and D type players um, that can, that can play on both sides of the ball and benefit your team in many ways. A hundred percent agree. I think every team in the NBA, you can't have enough three and D guys. Like they're the type of guys you want, especially when you already have playmakers. You mentioned, you know, either they're going to have D'Angelo Russell or Kyrie Irving. They got Spencer Dimity off the bench. They got Karis Avert, who's going to probably start as well. So you got the playmakers. Now you need space for those playmakers. You're going to get that with three and D guys. I also think they might look at uh, some bigs, you know, possibly maybe a stretch for depending on what they do in free agency as well, but also just like a backup center that provides a little bit different skill set than Jared Allen too. Oh, yeah. And um, I think the most mocked guy I've seen to the Nets or really any team, honestly, other than Zion to the Pelicans or Ja to to the Grizzlies is 
Luka Simonich to the Brooklyn Nets. And um, I think that would actually be a pretty good fit, uh, just filling out that stretch four role, assuming he does come over to the United States to play this year. Yeah, we know the Nets love the international guys. You know, Musa last year, Rodion's last year. So they like those type of guys. So getting into the picks, we'll start at number 27. Obviously, have 31 as well. So not too far away. A lot of these guys could kind of flip-flop in terms of where they go. But what would be, you know, we'll start one by one. What's a guy you like at 27? I like Mufiandu Kabagele, uh, FSU big. Um, he's kind of like a 3 and D big. So he's filling out both of those needs if the Brooklyn Nets want a guy who can space the floor and uh, protect the rim. He's obviously not great at any particular skill, but he's a solid all-around player. Um, he's risen a lot over draft boards um, just over these past couple of months in this draft cycle. So he's he's a pretty exciting player uh, for FSU. Yeah, I mean, and he's got a crazy name. You got to pronounce that one again for me again, just for the Nets fans to hear. What is it again, Dylan? I'm actually not sure. I'm not like 100% confident that I'm pronouncing it right but Mifiyandu Kavangele. Interesting. So hopefully, you know, if he comes to the NBA, I hear that plenty on draft night. Obviously, like you mentioned, he could fill that role. What would be kind of an NBA comparison for him if you had one or just something that's similar, close in terms of skill set? He's somewhat, I'm not sure. I'd probably say a little bit like Brooke, like a, like a, Bucks, Brooke Lopez. Interesting. And obviously some Nets fans have asked for, you know, the Nets to try to go after Lopez in the offseason. So any type of big that can shoot threes would be excellent. Like we talked about with the, the creators they have, spacing is important. Who else you like at 27? I like Taylor Horton Tucker, a, a wing player out of Iowa State. Um, he's obviously not a big or really a 3 and D player, but he has a crazy wingspan. He's 6'3". Uh, I think he's got like a 7-foot wingspan or something like that. Um, but he, he's certainly an interesting guy. He's a huge swing for the fences, um, if I've ever seen one. Taylor Horton's Tucker, uh, I don't really know how to describe how he plays basketball other than he's a basketball player. Um, he's like kind of like P.J. Tucker in a guard's body. Um, just a super interesting player. Um, I think he's probably going to be forced into the two position, although in college he kind of played like a four role. So he wasn't super efficient from the three, uh, from the three point line. However, he does have upside in that area. Yeah, I mean the Nets love their type of you know raw talent. Horton Tucker, obviously uh, our guy Matt wrote a great piece on him at OTGBasketball.com. But the player development has been great in Brooklyn. If he has the talent, they'll get the best out of him. And like you said, really interesting. I just looked it up. Seven one wingspan at six four. That's just really unique. And you know the Nets also love versatility, so I could see that as well. But who else are you liking at twenty seven? I like Grant Williams a lot. A lot of NBA Twitter people are really, really high on Grant Williams. And I've fallen in love with his fit with the uh, Trailblazers or a lot of teams really in the in the late first round. Um, rumor has it he might actually fall to the 40s, which is really, really surprising. He was one of the most solid players in the NCAA tournament and um, just all around a really good basketball player. I'm interested to see if his shooting, uh, his shooting splits project to the next level. Um, I'm, I'm not 100% sold on his abilities, but he is one of the more pro ready type guys. And if the Brooklyn Nets want to make a run at the Eastern conference next year, he's probably one of the players that they're looking at. Yeah. He's a nice guy. You mean to like kind of have off the bench, a role guy that can kind of give you some of those hustle plays. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, he's a, he's a do it all type forward. Um, I don't, it, it's going to sound cliche cause there's always these guys that we compare to, um, 
prospects like Kevin Durant's always the long guy who can score at all three levels. Draymond Green is always the shorter power forward that can defend. Um, but Grant Williams is he's sort of like Draymond Green being that undersized um, power forward position that can do really do it all um, from that spot. Yeah, and Draymond coming out of college wasn't necessarily a great shooter. Still really isn't great, but he improved in that area a couple seasons. So I'm sure the Nets would love to grab somebody like that. But give me one more name for 27. One more name for 27. Uh, let's say Dylan Windler, a uh, wing forward out of Belmont, who's, I mean, he's a lot like Kevin Herter last year. You know, he can shoot the ball. He can defend. Um, he's really, really good in transition, at least from what I've seen. Uh, so I think he's a really interesting name. A lot of people are really high on Dylan Windler um, with him being in their late teens. Uh, so he's a certainly an interesting guy. I think somebody could really fall in love with him. I said it last year with Grayson Allen. I said that he could go all the way up into the late teens, and he ended up doing so. I think, um, what's his name, Dylan Windler can end up doing that this year. So a really good shooter here, and I think every you know team is looking for shooting, no matter what position it is. Just the way the NBA is, we saw how much it hurt the Warriors. They lost, you know, one of the elite shooters. They really couldn't bring any off their bench. And anytime you can add something like that in the draft with a, a late first round pick, if he doesn't go higher, is a big plus. Oh yeah, and uh, Windler certainly is an upside pick, even though he is 22 years old. Um, he went to Belmont, uh, same division or. I guess it would be conference that John Morant was in. They actually squared off in the conference championship game. And um, they ended up both going to the NCAA tournament despite Belmont losing. Um, and Belmont almost beat whoever they played in the first round uh, to go to the round of 32. Um, anyways, uh, Windler is certainly, he's he's just a super interesting player. And I think could be a, end up being a steal later in the first round. Yeah, so there are some names, obviously, at 27, like we said, they could end up going at 31 as well. But would there be any more names that you would look at 31 that probably would be too high to take at 27? Like I said, it's four picks, so it's not that crazy, especially late first round, early second. I think if you if you select a player at 27, you know, that kind of fell down the board, I think it sets you up to really take a player that you just, like, fall in love with, and you could sort of reach reach on a player um, that you're higher on that most people aren't. Um, so let's just say, I'll throw a name out there, Jalen Leck. He's not projected to go, you know, top 40, but he is a guy that, you know, a team could take a chance on him in that early 30s range. Um, you see it all the time in the early second round. Teams who have late first round picks, early second round picks, they reach for a guy that's not supposed to go until later in the second round. Um, so Jalen Leck could be a guy, obviously he's just an athletic point guard and you're probably not looking at that. If you're the Brooklyn Nets, you're probably looking more three and D. So maybe it's Ty Jerome. Uh, maybe it's a different center like Naz Reed, um, who, who kind of reminds me of Nikola Jokic in a way. Uh, maybe it's Terrence Mann, just an athletic forward from FSU, uh, those sorts of players. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, that is a really great point, Dylan, especially when you have two picks so close, you can kind of get somebody you're a little bit more sure with at 27 and then 31, you can kind of take a risk, grab someone that you really love. Have you heard any names connected to the Nets in terms of the draft or not really? I I mean, the Brooklyn Nets, they tend to go, I, I mean, they went two international players last year. I, the main name that I've seen mocked to them is Lucas Simonich, but I personally haven't heard anything from anybody or seen any rumors connecting them to any players uh, in particular. So 
Now, in terms of Luca, do you think he'd be more? They'd more likely grab him at twenty-seven or thirty-one. I think it. I want to say twenty-seven, just because I don't think he makes it to the second round. Mm-hmm. I think somebody's going to take a chance on him, whether it be you know late teens, early twenties, or even late twenties, uh, and that's where the Brooklyn Nets are slotted. Why do you think he would go so late and not higher in the draft? Like, what's the weakness in Luca's game? Um, I actually haven't done too much film, given his film is kind of hard to come by. Yeah. Uh, but I think his weakness, uh, from what I've seen at least, is just his interior defense compared to other fours. Okay. Yeah, that's not that bad, especially for a young kid. It's easily something you can prove in because he does have decent size. So, but uh, getting on from there. Do you think there's a possibility the Nets could try to pair these picks and trade up to maybe the early 20s or maybe the maybe a couple slots higher? I think it's certainly possible. I personally would not, just given the structure of this draft. Um, they're kind of right in the thick of it, uh, right in the strong point of the draft. Uh, it's that late first round, early second round talent um, that's really going to help you out in this draft. There's just tons and tons of potential role players, so... I don't think I would try to move up unless you had a really good opportunity, you know, like late teens, um, that sort of deal. Who would be some names that we maybe we didn't mention that has the possibility of dropping late because people are scared of, you know, injury or off the court issues? I would say either Jonte Porter or Chuma Okiki are two different guys. Uh, Okiki's a forward out of Auburn. He was performing so well in the tournament. Uh, scoring the ball, defending his switchability was really good. He can really stroke the three ball um, out of Auburn. And, of course, uh, Jonte Porter tore his ACL for the second time, which is just really, really sad because he's an amazing basketball player and probably would go top 10 if he were healthy this year. And the Nets feel really confident with the performance team. We know they've done some great work with veterans and young guys, so they might not be as scared as other teams to take a risk on one of these injury history guys. But Dylan, anything else in terms of nets that we should know going to the draft? I honestly think we covered it all. You know, they've they've gone international these past couple of years. Lucas Semenich has been mocked to them a lot. Uh, just three and D all over the place this year. Tons and tons of role players in this draft. Uh, so I think we covered all of it in terms of net stuff. Yeah, and the three and D and the role player stuff really makes a lot of sense. Obviously, the latest rumors about the Nets getting Kyrie and possibly going after another big star being KD, Kawhi, or Jimmy Butler. Having perfect young role players on your bench that can play defense and knock down a three ball is crucial. But Dylan, always a pleasure having you on Talk Draft Stuff. Hopefully, we can either get you on a post-draft or something along the lines in the future. But Dylan, give everyone your uh, Twitter handle and tell them where you write other than OTG. Uh, I'm at the Rookie Wire for USA Today, and you can find me at Dylan Jackson NBA on Twitter. Like I said, always a pleasure with Dylan. Obviously, you know where to find us, iTunes, Bob Talk Radio, OTG Basketball.com, Google Play, Dash Radio, and YouTube. Whatever business you're in, growth isn't just about getting bigger. At ADP, we believe it's about getting stronger by turning data into insights so you can build teams that work as teams. By using our AI technology to help catch payroll errors before their errors. And by keeping ahead of thousands of changing regulations so you can keep ahead of everything else. ADP helps businesses like yours grow stronger every day. ADP, HR talent, time, and payroll. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.